The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. I am so pleased to have one of my mentors on the show today as a guest. Robert Lewis has been an inspirational figure to me since I first read his book, Raising a Modern Day Knight, back in 2002 when my kids were still quite young. You know, I have taken two of my three sons on a retreat that he and Russell Rainey created called Christ in the Tetons, which is based out of beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming area. This father's and son week-long retreat was the field version of a graduation ceremony of the Raising a Modern Day Night book for my two boys, an unforgettable experience for all of us, which we will cherish for the remainder of our lives. Those were in 2006 and 2009. Robert also created a 26-week more intensive program called Men's Fraternity, where the final product for participants was a manhood plan. I led a group of men at my church through this program back in 2005. Since then, it has been polished to a shorter 10-week program called Better Man, which is the subject of today's episode. I have facilitated this version of the program three times, and each time men have come wrestling mightily with a variety of issues or wounds, as Robert has named them. And also each time men have completed the program with a band of brothers they did not have when they began it. Men who will battle with them and help claim the victory Christ has already won for us. So, Robert, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. David, it is a delight to be with you today. Uh, I was just thinking about those times in Jackson Hole that we shared, and it made me think of a question I wanted to ask you, and that is, when you were up there in 2006 and 2009 with your sons, did you do the repelling with them out at Jackson Lake? We did. We we did the Grand Teton one uh, in 2006, and we I think we did the same thing in, in 2009, and then we did the paragliding uh, in 2009, which was really really memorable for uh, we had fished on the first one but the second one we did the paragliding yeah Yeah. well i just asked you that because it it's interesting being up there with those father-son teams to see uh dads after their sons repel off of a cliff back up with the rope and it's time for them to make the jump and they just totally froze up (laughs) (laughs) it's not things that people do all the time they, they they just kind of lost their manhood right there. Right, right. <laughs> and the sons were egging them on, and some of them went ahead and just swallowed hard and took the jump, but some of them just couldn't do it. Well, fortunately, I'd worked at Philmont, so I had a little experience. But, uh, well, listen, I know your story, and it seems to me, you know, what you were wrestling with in your young adult life was anger, you know, over a few of these wounds you had experienced. So can you uh, can you tell us about those and how you began to write your book and create, you know, these wonderful programs? Yeah, a lot of my journey began uh, just trying to get myself under control. I grew up in a home where uh, my dad, being a World War II veteran, had really kind of retreated into himself. He was a great provider for our family. But as far as connecting with the three sons that he had, 
me included. Uh, there was never much of an emotional connection and uh, a very little life instruction. And I didn't really think about it that much growing up. I mean, I had my friends that I ran around with. I was real involved in sports. But when I left to go to college, I began to see how many deficits I had. And I had these strange feelings inside of, of feeling disconnected and, and not loved and insecure. And eventually that uh, led me on a quest to say, what is going on in here? And uh, I finally was able to trace it back to just not having an established relationship with dad. And in the frustration of not knowing how to do things and not feeling emotion inside, a lot of that just got expressed with some uncontrollable anger that I finally realized I was crying out for my father. And uh, my dad was you know, I called him the invisible dad. I know that I've got a Bible with a picture in the front of it of me and my dad and my two other brothers. And we're standing out on the back lawn and my mom took a picture and here are the three of us, the three sons standing out there in the bright sunshine. But for whatever reason on this picture, my dad is covered in shadows from uh, maybe a tree that was nearby. And it was kind of like, I call it art imitating life. There were these three boys trying to grow up into the bright light of adulthood. And my dad was back there in the shadows, invisible. And I started calling calling him the invisible dad. He was there, but I just couldn't see him. And that's what created a lot of anger that eventually, uh, in wanting to track that down as a, as a Christian, um, I realized I was really wounded by not having an involved dad in my life. And then that took me, David, as you know, on a journey to try to figure that out, which as I did get handles on that, I put that into talks and writings and stuff like that, that I'm just really grateful has gone on to help other men. And man, I know it has. I don't know if you remember this, Robert, but my dad passed away while I was on that Christ in the Teton strip. And he was uh, a military man and he was he was just super secret and private because he was in, you know, the secret area of NSA actually. And so I didn't get that instruction either. And that's why I think your, your material, your book, oh, it's so resonated with me. And, uh, you know, it seems to to me today though, that the, that the all alone wound is the most prevalent, you know, second, of course, to the one that we are all born with that depravity wound, which, you know, everybody has, but the COVID pandemic, and our governmental response to it with shutdowns and isolation appear to have really waylaid us, you know, but all of us, but particularly young single men who aren't living with other people. So how does the Better Man program help address this all alone wound for, for those guys? That's really what this this radio program and what I'm trying to do is, is aimed at. Yeah, well, I think you picked up on uh, what research has also documented. In fact, uh, last year, our organization, Better Man, joined with the Barna Group, and we did a national survey of young men. And one of the things that stood out in that national survey is how much isolation has become a plague of younger men. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just men, younger men are struggling with it. A lot of it is, you know, they're coming out of broken homes where they've been separated from their dad, and uh, then they have grown up in a world with technology and social media and video games and gender dysphoria and all those kind of things. And they, 
rather than pushing young men to find help, they've actually pushed men uh, into these private spaces where they have pursued uh, technology and things like that to try to fill their, I, I think it's their fantasies to feel good about themselves, but that's only in the process separated them even more from other people and from what I call healthy adult relationships. In fact, in the Barna research, we found um, even 55% of church-going young men, uh, Christian young men, report that they that they experienced real problems with loneliness. And so, one of the things that we try to do with Better Man is to try to use older men to reach out to younger men to connect with them and go on a journey together that helps start identifying things that they're struggling with, but in the process to build healthy male relationships. Because a healthy male relationship, the research of Barna showed us that if a young man has even one friend that he calls a confidant, somebody he can share his life with, and if he's connected as well with any of the older generation of men, that that young man, just from those relationships, however infrequent they are, they will feel better about their lives, two to three times better about their lives than younger men who are feeling uh, greatly isolated in today's culture, connected through technology in a superficial way, but, but still greatly isolated. So relationships are key to helping young men recover what they've lost with their dads, with their families, and with this modern world. And so Better Man tries to help facilitate those connections with men with each other, and in particular with older men and younger men. Yeah, you know what a believer I am in that, in the uh, the intergenerational relationship, uh, because I've I've led a few of those. And, you know, so at my church, you know, you get two older men with six younger men at a table, and a lot of these young men have been, you know, through divorce. They've they've never been fishing. They don't want to go fishing because they don't know how to tie a knot. They don't know how to clean a fish, and so they just avoid it. And and I think that's that isolation or that walling off, you know, from everybody else. And it's like look, we can fix that. Just be transparent, be authentic, be honest. And and hey, there's there's guys that can teach you how to do that. We've got guys that know everything about that that have a ranch, and I, I think there's even a even a better opportunity right now because uh, a byproduct of this whole diversity and inclusion is pushing a lot of over 55 white guys like me and you out of corporate America. They're saying, well, you know, you guys have been here, you've, you've run these companies, but you're, you're part of a privileged class, you know, you don't understand. And, and so you've got a lot of guys that are not really that old, maybe weren't ready to retire that are being kind of nudged out of their corporate roles and they're sitting there going, well, I'm kind of being dismissed. (laughs) And that's the word dismissed. And so, you know, I think they're hungry to actually invest in younger men and maybe, you know, they'd like to do it with their own children, which they may have neglected because they were pursuing their careers and it might not be available to them. So if there is someone out there who wants what he has to offer, it's just a matter of, connecting these guys you know i think identifying that older generation who's interested who feels like their tank isn't empty yet and wants to do something and have that significance in life or meaning 
of being a mentor and then you know connecting them and i don't i don't know if the church i don't believe churches are very good at uh at doing that right now but i think your program is and that's why i'm such a big advocate for it yeah well it's 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 really true that we are in a new day and a lot of times churches don't pick up on what the real underlying issues are uh especially in the world of men. You know, David, you know that I've traveled the world the last 30 years uh, speaking and meeting with uh, spiritual leaders, pastors, churches, and those kind of things. And uh, there is an unbelievable deficit of men's ministries and churches today. Yes. Uh, we're, just, we're just not aware of how important it is that men get good instructional material, but even more importantly, that they get connected with one another and understand how important those relationships are to one another. And then what you're talking about is intergenerationally. Uh, we have a huge divide today with uh, older men and younger men. And yet when we've done research, when the Barner research was done, it found that younger men really would like to have older men in their life. They just don't know how to bring that about. And older men would like to spend time with younger men, but they don't know how to bring it about. And as I've talked to to uh, both groups, what I found when I just listened to them is that younger men really want and need seasoned sounding boards that they can talk to to process life with. And those seasoned sounding boards are older men. They're not looking for the older men to lecture to, with them. But they are looking that they could have an older man who's experienced more of life just to process life, the good and the bad and the ugly, with them authentically, that it would bring them a sense of better understanding this new world they're in. So they want these these older men who are seasoned in life to spend time with them. And the younger men, I mean, the older men need to be needed. Yes. <laughs> and I, that older men don't exactly know how to express that. But when you give them the opportunity to connect with younger men, uh, they'll step forward They because they want to not be dismissed from their sons and their grandsons and younger men. They want to be connected in some way to them. But, David, here's the big question. What's the bridge that connects them? Yes, that is the that's question. What, that's what we've not really provided and the church hadn't provided, but I do think, at least at Better Man, we've given one tool to help bring that about. Because uh, younger men today who are struggling with this new modern world, they know instinctively they're not really sure what manhood means. So manhood, the subject, becomes a huge hook to grab onto younger men. And if older men, as we propose through Better Man, would go and invite those younger men to join them on an exploration of manhood. It is unbelievable how quickly those young men would say, I would love to do that. Thank you for asking. So so from that side, there's a great hook to get the younger men. What I found with the older men is they go, well, where would you where would you find these younger men? Or I don't know how to get a hold of those younger men. So one of the things that we do at Better Man is we just get older men, a few helpful uh, suggestions about how they would connect with younger men, either through their son, their older son, or through a church uh, young married class, or through 
uh, young men that they work with. But if they would just approach them and say, I'm going to go on this journey to explore manhood, would you join me? For the younger men, they go, I need that. And for the older men, they need that relational connection with the younger generation to feel needed as they grow older. Well, I think you're you're right on. It's the, it's how we how do we connect them? And you know, so what you've done in the past, you know, if you you've kind of had better man programs that were, you know, I guess the first time, you know, I went through men's fraternity. Those were breakfast meetings, uh, maybe not even at a church, because there's a lot of men who have a disdain for the church, or they don't feel like uh, there's a. You know, like, like you've mentioned, the Barna study has indicated there's not a lot of offerings in men's ministry. So men are feeling like, well, you know, I'm not really getting my needs met. Uh, I'll go do time there, you know, just to keep the family happy if they're getting pressure from their wives. But so I guess launching these programs, I, I think having it go from 26 to 10 weeks helps a lot, too. But so yeah. what I'm trying to do is have this radio show. So we're talking to a radio audience. <clears throat> on KTNTH, which has uh, a high male listenership of about 70%. And it's probably more of the, you know, successful corporate energy quarter kind of working guy. And then we also have the podcast. And I'm hoping that, you know, I can reach the younger guys with the podcast and then the older guys. And then somehow we'll be able to launch a Better Man program or something where we can do that. I I have another question for you here about, you know, because I – you know, I worked the Better Man booth at the Promise Keepers conference there with Russell, and he has a good uh, shtick, you know, about describing Better Man as an on-ramp, you know, to joining or becoming more involved in a church and connecting with older men, you know, who can invest in the younger men. So can you describe to me, you know, more of this uh, on-ramp uh, metaphor, you know, for how our listeners, you know, and why you think this need was, was identified in, in the surveying? Well, I think the survey shows two things. It shows that younger men are probably one of the loneliest generations in American history. And and what you mentioned is older men are feeling uh, less needed in a modern culture. And so what we try to do at Better Man is use that loneliness and that need to be needed um, and try to bring those together around what instinctively all men want an answer to, and that is, what does it mean to be a man? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we call the on-ramp, because you need to get started somewhere. And what younger men coming out of broken homes are with a dad who really wasn't connected in the home with them as sons, giving them what I call father food, those young men are in life now, and they instinctively pick up on, I need help in understanding what it means to be a man. And so I just want to tell your listeners, the subject of manhood is the greatest hook to bring older and younger men together around the table. And so they want want and they need manhood basics. And that's what Better Man does. It starts the process. It's an on-ramp of providing the fundamentals of manhood in a way that any man, Christian, non-Christian, churched or de-churched, can understand. But it's even better when it's done in a company of men where you've mixed older men and younger men together to discuss their life experiences. The younger men, what they're struggling with. The older men to say, I've been there, done some of that. Here's what I've experienced, good, bad, and ugly. That mixture of intergenerational relationships around some good content that explain what the Bible says manhood is, and then 
practical applications of how to unleash that manhood in your life, that's giving a foundation for the next generation to build their lives on. So that's why I call it an on-ramp. It's a starting place to lay a good foundation, and then when that's completed, to give kind of helps to go further uh, in that journey using other men to get together to do it together. So that's what you've experienced, David. That's what I've experienced. Men need to be together discussing what life is all about from a man's perspective. And it's got to start somewhere. And so what Better Man primarily is, is the on-ramp to start that experience. Fantastic. Well, we're getting uh, near the end of our time, Robert. Why don't you uh, share with our listeners just what's been uh, one of the most satisfying aspects or rewarding aspects of the ministry, you know, since you've uh, created it and led it for, for many years? What's encouraged you most? Yeah, I've been I've been at it, as you know, over 30-something years. And if I look back over the landscape and say, what has encouraged me the most of investing my life in men, it would really be at two levels. One is uh, seeing men get a manhood vision that works. I mean, when you ask guys today what it means to be a man, they just have a deer-in-the-headlight look. Mm -hmm. But if you can fill that with substantive, clear, biblical direction that makes sense to any man, and they can grab onto that vision, uh, it's amazing how their life begins to prosper. So having a manhood vision, uh, uh, the ability to even tell you what a man is because of what they've learned, it's amazing how that fuel injects a man's life from confusion and guesswork to clarity. And that focus is an incredibly satisfying experience for me to see the thousands of men who've gotten a better masculinity and a better life just because they've got a vision. Kind of like the scripture says, without a vision, men get out of control. Without a manhood vision, men just wander and get out of control and guess their life away. So better man tries to provide that vision. And I would say the second thing that's been so gratifying is just helping men find empowering relationships with other men. When that happens, they've gotten one of the greatest gifts, and that is they've gotten teamwork to live life with. Uh, the scripture just sums it up this way. Two are better than one. And two guys getting together or three guys or four and developing a team where they're going to live their life in community together, those men, their lives have a much richer and more wholesome satisfaction to it because they're doing life together, which I think God intended all along. One thing I want to encourage your listeners about is that all the Better Man resources can be accessed for free at betterman.com. So you can do a Better Man group just by going to the website and getting the resources there. Well, all I can say to that is amen. I just want to quickly you know, thank our sponsor, uh, ERS, Electronic Restoration Services. Uh, they gave us an example of how uh, things can be redeemed and restored, and that's what a lot of men need and through these uh, relationships. And I just want to thank you again, Robert, for what you've done, how you've impacted my life, uh, how I've seen it impact the lives of others, including my own sons, and you know, just for uh, sticking with it and, and providing this uh, this content and material so that we can do that in those small group discussions. So I'll just say a, a quick prayer to close us out. If, if uh, one other thing, if anybody's got any other suggestions for input or programs that we'd like to have, email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for 
Robert Lewis and for Russell Rainey and for the people who I have had uh, 20 plus years of contact with from men's fraternity to man to man to better man. And this is just a fantastic program and it is a need for our entire country. And so we just ask that you would give these young men manhood vision and help the older men to connect and, and form these intergenerational relationships so that your glory can be shown around the world in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man. With David Savage, we believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestling with the inner man at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.